Um, and unfortunately, right before the audition for ABDC came around, G got really sick. Mm. And then uh, he ended up passing away. And that was that moment where we were like, well, at first we're like, oh, well, we're not going to do the show without G. But then, um, you know, Raynan was like, that was kind of G's like last wish for the crew. Like, mm. guys, we have to do this, you know. So we're like, all right, let's do it for G. And so we went forward with the audition. We made it. And then phew, we, yeah. we won. That's where then, the the iconic like yeah. pointing yep, yep, yeah, yep. move came from. So that was, uh, yeah, that was, we had no idea that that was going to be this whole life-changing thing. Yeah. Hey, the CZ Podcast is brought to you by us, CZ Studio, the number one dance app on the App Store and Google Play Store with over 1 million downloads. We provide curated online dance classes taught by the world's best instructors. Why did we create CZ? To help you reach your dance goals one step at a time. Whether that goal is to perform with the biggest and best musical artists in the world or just be the life of the party at your cousin's wedding. I'm your host, Clay Boone Let's get to it. So, Ben B-Tech yes, Chung sir. Yes, sir. of the Kinjas, Kinjas podcast host, former Jabwakis, Cabo Modern, Cabo Modern Legacy, mm-hmm. uh, America's Best Dance Crew, America's Got Talent, Dance with what, Omarion, Jinushan, <laughs> Yu Sung Jun, and a lot, probably a lot of other people. I, I know for sure a lot of people, but uh, hi, Ben. Hi, Clay. Welcome to the Steezy Podcast. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm used to the being the guy to do the intro. I've never had an intro done for me, so it's, I, I I now feel what it feels like to be on the receiving end. And um, yeah, my pleasure it, to make you feel a little awkward and yeah, uh, I love it. Reminiscent. I love it. Yeah. I actually have a, a gift for you. Can oh, you give me? Shoot. So what? Um, I'm really curious about when you're. Uh, acai bowl cra- cravings um <laughs> like where did this this come Whoa. from dude uh, you don't know how happy i am right now peanut butter with dates added oh my wait how do you know that <laughs> for real though how do you know that <laughs> I got wait, are, we, are we eating this like yeah you we, can eat okay, this We're, okay. this is just for us to enjoy okay. right here you can put it down on the table so you can scoot anything to yeah, the side okay uh yes i'm very um i feel very loved right now acai is like my love language <laughs> when'd you get into them dude so funny story you you mentioned yusung jun yeah so when i danced for him this is like 2003 mm-hmm. uh we went to brazil mm. for my first time ever I was introduced to acai in Brazil Oh, and fell in love ever since. Wow. And then when I found out that there was like the acai craze, like it's now here in LA. Hold on, I don't want to like spill stuff. Oops, I already spilled oops. it on myself. It's okay. Hold on. This is getting a little sketchy right now. I don't want to <laughs> get all over. Oh, no. Let's see. Look I got this. All kinds here. of fails here. This is a great podcast. This so is great. This is great. We're just going to have a little acai snack as we're chatting it up. But, um, yeah, so that's where it started, and um, big fan. And I haven't had one in a really long time. Why do you like uh, peanut butter and dates? How did you know that? Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> love peanut butter ever since I was a kid, and then I discovered dates somewhere along the way. And then, you know, when I would go to these acai bowl places and I saw them available, I'm like, yo, let's toss them into this bowl. And it worked. I'm just going to start picking stuff off. Please do. Yeah, it's things stacked. 
So, uh, Ben, you know, you have this big history in dance and I think a lot of it, you, you've definitely talked about a lot of your journey. Mm-hmm. Obviously you've been well, dancing since high school time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was really curious about a few basic things. So like, I do know a little bit about the dance journey, but can you give a light, light beginning to now you can touch some, some main points, you know, some crews you were a part of. Yeah. Um, Started in high school. I was a closeted K-pop dancer. Mm. Uh, my sister took me to my first concert ever. Mm-hmm. I was in eighth grade. And um, the concert was for a group called Lula. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Like everything about it. I'm like, dude, that looks like so much fun. But then I was also like, I was a shy kid. Mm. And I didn't really, I wasn't very like, out with like yeah if, if i was into something i kind of just kept it a secret for whatever mm-hmm. reason i just kind of was like all right yeah, well, you gotta, gotta play it cool right right, yeah. right. you don't want to seem too excited so i started practicing k-pop choreography in my bedroom mm-hmm. i would uh have my mom rent uh k-pop videos mm-hmm. from the korean video store cute and then i just would watch them and then stand in front of my mirror and just try to learn the moves and that was something that I did by myself for a while until I found out that there was a kid at my at my church that did the same thing. Mm. And so we're like, hey, you want to like teach each other and practice together? And we're like, yeah. So we would go like on the weekends, I would go spend the weekend at his place and we would just learn off K-pop videos and yeah. then teach each other uh, the routines. And then um, we entered our first... Uh, it was, I guess it was a talent show mm-hmm. and, um, this was like in my junior year of high school and, um, we entered as a group, a three man group called unique U N I Q cute. Love that. Shout out Mike Chong and Gabriel. O. those are my two, uh, original crewmates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we entered that and then we, we ended up winning third place. And I'm like, hey, this is my first ever <laughs> dance thing. It like, good. and we kind of did okay. Yeah. So that just kept going, and then, um, and then I was introduced to the whole world of like culture shock because I remember at a KCN, uh, some people from the audience, like after we were done, they mm-hmm. came up to us and they're like, "Man, you guys are dope." And they're like, "Hey, have you like thought of like auditioning for Culture Shock? Mm. Like, What's that?" Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know they were like telling me about auditions, and at the time they were like sponsored by Nike. They're like, "Dude, they're like sponsored by Nike." I'm like, "Dude, I'm down to get like crazy. free Nike stuff." Yeah. So I just started to do a little bit more research, and then I found out that um, yeah, so there there was another on campus uh, dance team at UCLA called ACA Hip Hop, mm-hmm. and so I auditioned for ACA and I danced with them for about a year. And then I found out about Kaba Modern. And then when I transferred to UCI, I auditioned for Kaba, got down with Kaba. And then, like, yeah, it was just the whole dance community was opened up to me. And, were you, um, um, you were going to college originally at UCLA? No, the funny thing is so I wasn't a student at UCLA, okay. but I just danced at UCLA. So everybody thought I went there. Yeah. I, you know, I feel I, like there's a lot of people on ACA. People always think they go there. Right, but. right, right. Uh, oh, before ACA was DVS. So Whoa. I was on DVS and then Kaba. Then like Funkonometry LA, oh, SGBM. Were you studying film during that time? I, I was studying film. How did that go? Yeah, you know, so I thought that was what I wanted to pursue. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, the whole um, TV film was just something that I was always into. Because I think as a kid, um, for one, I I identify with being like a late bloomer in life. And mm. I just never, 
I wasn't that kid who had like these huge dreams, like, oh, I'm going to be this someday. I'm like, I just kind of went along with whatever I hmm. found. And so um, when it came to applying for colleges, I'm like, I don't know what to major in. And I'm like, well, what am I even interested in? I was like looking at the available majors. Yeah. It's like film and TV. That sounds great. I think that's <laughs> what I'm going to go for. So I got into the film studies uh, department at UCI and um, I, I had a little fun doing some like short film projects. And then right after I graduated, um, I had a friend that worked at MTV and so I was like, dude, could I like give you my resume and maybe mm. I can get a job? And he's like, yeah, like give it to me and I'll, I'll pass it along to yeah. a production manager that I know. Uh, I got this guy's email, bugged him like for a month straight. Just like, hey, just wonder if you got my resume. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And then uh, I think he just wanted me to stop emailing him. He's like, yeah, man, just come <laughs> just on come in. in. Dude. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll meet. And then so... Um, yeah, uh, shout out Noah Beery. He was the first guy that hired me over at MTV. And then wow. uh, he had me clean out like a storage unit. He's like, as hey, they, we, as we, they do. Yeah, he's like, hey, we, you know, we, if you can organize this thing. And I was like, cool, I did it. And then, you know, I was like, yeah, like, I, you know, I got some shows, some like, it was like when all those dating reality shows mm. were popping off. And so uh, those are my first jobs doing PA work at MTV. Um, but yeah, like dance was always the curiosity for me in terms of like, could I do this professionally? Cause yeah. at the time there was, um, there weren't a lot of Asian dudes who were dancing professionally. There was like a no. handful. Um, and then I knew JD McElroy, shout out JD. Yeah. He, he was in, uh, he was in every video. Yeah. He was the he Asian was the guy. guy, the Asian guy. And, um, I remember one time I was just at I was at work um, at MTV. I was on AIM and I probably shouldn't have been chatting, but I was just chatting with JD. And I was like, hey, bro, like, do you think I could, you know, dance professionally? And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, dude, I, I have like this job right now that's, you know, kind of steady. And then he's like, well, is that something that you could do later in life? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. He's like, well, dance is probably the thing that you would want to explore now while you're young. I'm like, while you're young. That makes sense. Yep. And so I quit my job. How uh, old were you at the time? I was uh, 20, like 23, 24 nice. at the time. So yeah, I quit my job, you know, got an agent, started, you know, again, this is pre-social media. Yeah, this is yeah. No, you, ha you had to audition for that agent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't get well, in. Well, actually, there, there, I did go to an agency audition. And the first one, I didn't, I didn't, uh, oh. I didn't get booked. Uh, but I was referred later on because, uh, you know, you can get, get referred I, to. I learned that from Ade when he was mm -hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. I thought that there was, you know, you always have to audition for an agency. And he said, you can do the easy route too. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what do you mean <laughs> the easy route? He's like, oh yeah, you can, you can get yeah. referred. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, yeah, I got referred. Um, shout out um, Fee from Jabberwocky. Yeah. He was the one that... Uh, uh, at the time, they were MSA, so mm -hmm. he walked walk me into the MSA office, and um, I met Lisa, and then they signed me, and then, um, but even then, like, there was no, like, because social media kind of serves as, like, your resume. Yeah. 
Um, so Times I, have changed. I still had to have a resume. So I was like passing my resume along to the studios. Paper resume. Paper resume, headshot. <laughs> um, yeah. So then uh, I like was I would give uh, my resume and stuff like that to Millennium, Debbie Reynolds. Mm. I got on the sub list over at Millennium, sub list at Debbie Reynolds. And I got a slot um, Mondays at three o'clock. Nice. Is what I had at Debbie Reynolds. Every week? Every week. Wow. Um, and then um, shortly after that, so this is like 2006, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then I, and then I got down with Jabberwockies in 07, which was right before they were going to do America's Got Talent. Yeah. Um, again, that was also season one of that show too. So yeah, always no, hopping in early. Yeah, huh? I, I guess that's just what you got to do. You gotta was that like, was it KB that was like... Like, who was, like, thinking about that? So, it was actually G, Gary mm. Kendall. Shout out G, rest in peace. Mm. Um, he was, I mean, he was the eldest member in Jabberwockies. And um, he was kind of always the guy to be like, hey, we should do this. Like, mm. And because no one else really um, was thinking that Jabberwockies was going to be this, like, brand. And, yeah, how could you? I mean, there, there were, I mean, like, Rainin was dancing professionally. Fee was dancing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Chris had just moved down to LA to to start pursuing that. So there were a handful of guys that were trying to pursue it professionally, but um, like the rest of the dudes were just doing it. Like you know, I think KB and Joe were in San Diego doing Culture Shock, but they just you know they were doing Culture Shock, and then they were like just working regular jobs. Mm-hmm. So dance was kind of like um, more so the fun thing. Yeah. Um, but then G was always like, "Yo, guys, we got to push this Jabberwockies wow. thing." I remember him saying, like, dude, we're going to have our own Cirque du Soleil show someday. And like, <laughs> I'm just like, that sounds great, you know. <laughs> um, but he's like, we can only do it if if the world knows who we are. We got to get on TV. And so um, America's Got Talent was uh, the first go around. We, we got onto the show. We didn't do very well just because, mm-hmm. you know, we're a bunch of like young kind of dudes who weren't the most responsible, didn't take everything so seriously. We made it past the first round and we made it to the Vegas round. Yeah. And then um, when we were there, like you're literally, you know, it, the, there's a production term, hurry up and wait, right? That like you, you have to be everywhere like so quickly yeah. and then you sit around for hours yeah. doing nothing kind of thing. And so we didn't know like what was going on. So we were like, we had to sit in the, the theater uh, this was at Planet Hollywood. We had to sit in the theater all day long from morning to night. And, I hate that. And we had to like watch all these acts and it was yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, I did that for So You Think You Can Dance as yeah. well. And I was just like, so here since five in the morning. Us being just kind of like the knucklehead guys that we are, we just didn't take it seriously. So we would like go up to our Vegas? hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> we'd grab our pillows and we'd come back uh-huh. and just sleep in the, in the seats. And you know, the, uh, production doesn't really like that, you know? No. So I think we were just kind of the, that group that were like, okay, these guys are a little hard to work with. Uh, um, and I don't know if it was because of that, but we, we got eliminated, uh, in the Vegas round and, it. uh, we lost to a, an act, uh, named boy Shakira. And, um, yeah, that was, uh, our greatest defeat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, no, we, we, we learned from that. So when ABDC came around, we're like, no, nah, we're not about to do this again because we know what this whole reality TV yeah. stuff is like. But um, again, G was like, guys, like we got to do it, yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, we we respect G. Um, and unfortunately, right before the audition for ABDC came around, G got really sick. Mm. And then uh, he ended up passing away. 
And that was that moment where we were like, well, at first we're like, oh, well, we're not going to do the show without G. But then, um, you know, Raynan was like, that was kind of G's like last wish for the crew. Like, mm. guys, we have to do this, you know? So we're like, all right, let's do it for G. And so we went forward with the audition. We made it. And then psh, we, yeah. we won. That's where then, the the iconic like yeah pointing yep, yep, yeah yep. move came from. So that was uh yeah that was we had no idea that that was gonna be this whole life changing thing. Yeah, um, and it did, and it it did a lot for dance. That um, yeah, to this day, the ripple effects from I would say that show um, still we're still feeling it, still seeing Absolutely. it, you know, and um, yeah, that's kind of a snapshot of that journey yeah i mean i think it's kind of wild because when you consider the fact that like i remember watching that and i remember like all of the jabba performances i remember cabo modern i remember status quo (laughs) status quo (laughs) i remember i remember all that stuff and like and what a blessing like here i am steezy's been built Hmm. you know decade or so later yeah and it's inspired by a lot of things that you your crew were doing abdc has been doing you know and like i'm able to be the dancer i am today because so many people know about dance Mm -hmm. so many people are interested in in nuances of not just dance anymore but even our community Mm -hmm. the asian kids yeah you know yeah Yeah, it's kind of yeah speaking of the the asian kids thing like that was this huge thing that we had no idea we were even doing like you know when we took off our masks um oh these guys are asian (laughs) minus kb shout out kb but like yeah that was interesting to be received as like the the guys who are making like asians cool because now asians are like asians are you're 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 asian you must be a good dancer i think that that sort of call it a positive stereotype thing kind of came from that but you know that was the funny thing is we weren't that was never in any of our plans. We're like, yeah. we're going to put Asians <laughs> on the map. Like, no, it just happened to be that way. But, you know, it's cool that, I mean, it's, that's why representation is so important. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Like, and, and being able to get that opportunity to step into a space to show like, hey, dude, we're just as talented in yeah. any category as the next person. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, that was just an interesting thing to, you know, and then, yeah, to be embraced by the Asian community for that was dope. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you're a part of, the Kinjas, mm-hmm. right? And what a journey that must be because Kinjas are also this, this massive, like widespread media group, plus making noodles, plus, <laughs> you know, like just yeah, like, just, yeah. you know, having studios. It's, it's a very interesting brand that I think is quite different from the era that you started dance in. Mm. So I think it's really interesting. And I mean, you're even doing dance NFT stuff now too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think it's, I really, I'm interested in a lot of your perspectives from a person who started in the early ages, like a dancer started, you started your journey pre YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. So I was curious, what was it like um, learning dance from cave paintings, basically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was our YouTube. Yeah. Like, like YouTube. what, what I'm curious about what the greatest advantages and disadvantages of starting your dance journey pre social media are. Mm. Uh, it was definitely harder. Um, but it, it, but you know, when you don't have access to something like you compare it now because we do have access. So it's like, okay, we have YouTube, we have Instagram, TikTok, we have Steezy, you know, like 
when I didn't have it, you don't have it. So you just do what you can do. So going to class was you get yourself to class because that's the only way that you're going to learn from this person that you want to learn from. Um, Some Mr. Wiggles tapes, you know? Yeah, I mean, dude, Wiggles tapes were gold. You know what I mean? And if you can find one, that's like the you just wore those tapes out. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, and then as we started to find that the internet – like there's videos on the internet and that's when like, you know, Napster and LimeWire oh, yeah. and Kazaa and also it's just trying to find the videos and just like downloading. And so it's just it, it was fun because it was it was at that time that things were because the Internet was starting to become this tool that people would not only be able to use to find out information, but like there's media on there. Mm. So yeah, it was a uh, boogie zone was kind of like the thing at the time. Those boogie only, zone forums, man. Yeah. The boogie zone forums were lit, man. That's like where you get the information. That's where you hear about like the drama within the, yep. the scene. There was beefs and stuff ah. like that, that were fought online. Ah, the golden uh, age. Yes. <laughs> those are so fun. Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, like I said, like having to create, you know, resumes to like headshots, going to auditions, trying to get like booked by it's very just guerrilla yeah. grassroots. Um, sure. It's very character building because yeah, it's, yeah, you probably have to, you probably have to meet more people as well. Mm-hmm. Something I'm just curious about. You know, that's an interesting observation because I would say 100% yes. And I actually attribute um, a lot of my sort of, uh, I don't want to call it success or whatever. Like I know that the, the things and the, the things that I've been able to experience and the people that I've been able to build with Mm -hmm. have come from me just putting myself out there, like going to the things, you know, like meeting people. And I think that there's something that I, I kind of naturally had that I didn't even recognize until way later in Mm -hmm. life was that, um, I had this sort of ambitious side of myself that anytime something was interesting to me, I would figure out a way for me to be in front of that. Hmm. And like, and not in a way where it's like weird, but yeah, yeah. just be present, go to the event, go say hi to people and, mm-hmm. and hang out, just be a, a cool person to hang out with. And I think that's kind of, um, been my sort of superpower all Mm. these years is just kind of showing up and um you know obviously you got to put in the work you know you got to be good enough to be in the room so to speak yeah but um I think one thing that I've just learned for myself like I I know that I was never and I'm never the most talented guy in the room I'm not ever like recognized like well I'm the best at that Mm -hmm. but I will say that I am very sure of myself in terms of being a good people person and I think that itself if you're a good people person you can kind of do a lot of things the doors you know open yeah. there everyone wants to work around talented people mm-hmm. everyone really wants to work around people they like exactly <laughs> you know i think i also learned from myself like i love building with with teams you know mm. what i mean like you know they the saying you know you want to go fast go alone you want to go far go go with people right mm. like um and i i love being in crews you know i, I learned that from like you know, from my early K-pop group days to, you know, being a part of larger teams like Kaba and then like, and then like my tight knit like squad of brothers with like Jabberwockies and Kinjas. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been, that's been fun. Wow. That's such a cool, it's, it's, it's so interesting because of that 
ridiculous span of time that you've been doing sort of this singular skill, which is dance. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, expanding how you dance or how you show dance to the mm -hmm. world, how you learn dance. What a, what a fun, yeah. what a fun, yeah. fun journey. It's been a fun journey. Absolutely. So I have a question about another hobby of yours, and I want to know its influence on dance. Because you began your skateboarding journey in 1993. <laughs> how, how are you <laughs> finding this stuff? <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is great. So yeah. I'm just really curious about how maybe like community or skills from skateboarding have mm -hmm. trickled into dance for your life. Yeah, you know, there there's so many parallels that I've drawn from like my uh, love for skateboarding. So I started skating when I was like 10. Mm. Um, and then I like got really into it in middle school. And um, yeah, straight up, like I wanted to be a professional skateboarder, mm. you know, and but yeah, because to me, skateboarding, when I started, this is pre, you know, X Games, this is pre ESPN, and it was not considered a sport. It was like the punk activity Absolutely. to do. You know, you would go to every <laughs> parking lot and no skateboarding, yeah. like everywhere. Like, is it, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I think me growing up too, like, I kind of was a little bit of a black sheep, mm. you know, in, in my family. I kind of. you have of, siblings? I do. I do. I have a younger brother and an older sister. Mm -hmm. So I'm that uh, classic middle child guy. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I I was going at it and I got pretty good. Uh, was sponsored uh, by my local skate shop. Oh, wow. You got sponsored. It, but literally, that just means they would kick me like free T-shirts. Hey, that feels di so discount good, Discount on skateboards. I mean, you were young. I though. was young. I was like 12, 13. Dude, that's you know? sick. And like, yeah, they give me free stickers and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sponsored. Yeah. But um. You know, again, like I was just trying to like get into the community, learn about the space, practice my butt off, you know, uh, and it was fun. I kind of got into some trouble, hung out with like kind of the bad crowd. Okay. And we just so happened to be like a skater sort of crew. So my mom associated with skateboarding with being a criminal. Ah. So she's like, you're not skateboarding anymore. <laughs> oh, like, so she threw my skateboard away. She threw it away? She threw it away. <sighs> Um, like she forbade me to even hang out with these kids, oh. but of course I'm gonna figure out a, figure out a way to no. do it. I actually bought another skateboard and I left it at my friend's house so that wow. I can go there and skate. So my hack was like, <laughs> "Oh, mom, I'm gonna go ride my bike with my friends. Yeah. I ride my bike to my friend's house and then we go skate." That's fire. Um, and but anyway, so yeah, I kind of got in with the wrong crowd, and so my mom, like, you know, she like took me out of that school, sent me to another school. <laughs> And then at this school was um, where I saw a bunch of kids breaking. And I was like, whoa, what, what is this? This looks, this looks mm -hmm. cool. And so it transitioned from like skateboarding to dance when I was just interested in dance. Oh. And, um, and it's interesting. So, you know, like I mentioned with skateboarding, you never really saw it in media. Yeah. And it slowly started getting its exposure. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you would see, you know... Um, yeah, like competitions being televised. I think X Games had a lot to do with like giving that 
visibility to the sport. Yeah. And then, I mean, now, like, fast forward, it's an Olympic sport. And so I, I see dance. I've always kind of seen dance as like, oh, we're just modeling what happened to skateboarding. Yeah, completely. You know, like, because dance was something that it was a social thing. You know, you go to a party, you might see some people like, yeah, at school getting down in the hallways mm -hmm. or whatever. But it was never this like, um, it never got put on the platform to be viewed as like high art or yeah. um, even a sport, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, you fast forward into things like, Red Bull BC one and, uh, you know, Olympic youth. Exactly. You know, yeah. so now it's getting, and then, you know, shows like ABDC world of dance, like all that stuff like yeah. helped get uh, dance into the spotlight. Absolutely. And so I think um, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of what happened in skateboarding that I see happening in dance. And, um, and I think what drew me to both of those things were the kind of the same things, you mm. know, like it's just something that I found to be fun and I wanted to be a part of pushing that narrative forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, like fast forward to, you know, these platforms, you know, from what, what Steezy's doing to, you know, like, you know, even what we're doing with Kinja's and trying to get stories out there. And um, I mean, you know, like that's what I love podcasts and like you asking me these questions, uh, not to say that like whatever my my story itself is going to do anything per se but like i think when someone out there that may hear this or watch this will know like whoa okay so almost anything's possible you know what i'm saying like i always i always say like man i wish there was more content like of bruce lee talking yeah like i, I there's the few interviews that i've i've seen him and i'm like man this guy has like a well of knowledge that probably it just never got out there because mm -hmm. he just wasn't around long enough and enough content with him you know so i'm like man this stuff is really important yeah. and like the, it, you just never know. It lives forever, you know? Interesting thing about the Bruce Lee thing, because I think that when you consider the, the, the era of that time and, and meaning that media and being able to get an individual message out is a lot harder, right? We, you have to be filmed and being filmed is very expensive in that era. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to think about how Bruce Lee has a ridiculous amount of influence and impact mm -hmm. in the world, despite the limited amount of media. And I think mm -hmm. that really speaks to also kind of what you were talking about in terms of um, the, you know, how, how early in the game, early into skateboarding, early into, into dance, you're not really given those opportunities mm -hmm. um, because it's not as widespread yet. These thought processes, media surrounding it. And so you had to physically show up to places and mm -hmm. do things and not necessarily go there for the sake of impacting people, but go there to show face and to, to make real interactions with people. Mm -hmm. I guess there's something interesting about Bruce Lee himself not having a lot of content yeah. and making huge impact. Mm -hmm. I think every era we kind of go through these, 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 um, I don't know, or at least in the past, we have this limited amount, possibly high impact or absolutely zero reach. Mm -hmm. But nowadays we have too much reach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's very easy to not make an impact yeah. as well or mm -hmm. make a negative impact because of how widespread it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think with, um, yeah, Bruce Lee having passed away a long time ago is still influencing people today. Mm -hmm. Like, how is that even possible? You know what I mean? And I feel like um, 
few people in this world will ever ever have that kind of impact on the world. I feel like Kobe Bryant's going to mm-hmm. be another one. I mean, thankfully, there's a lot more content with Kobe yeah. um, that's going to live forever. You know what I'm saying? And and I think it was because the life that they lived while they were still here on this earth was so extreme and um, so intentional. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's it's always the crazy people that will be the <laughs> yeah. ones. I mean, you know, I, I mean that in the most respectful, it's best pur- way. purposeful people. Yeah. And like, I mean, the impact that he's had across Every category from sports to music to, you know, obviously martial arts, but like dance, you know, like he was such a cultural icon. Mm. And the fact that he was Asian, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was that guy that I was like, okay, he looks like me. I'm going to go after that. You yeah. know what I mean? And then like, and then day one song kind of slid right into that. Was like, okay, you're the Bruce Lee of skateboarding. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, it's interesting to me too that like, um, yeah, how someone can have so much impact even from, you know, beyond the grave, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How did it feel when Day One Song followed you on Instagram? Oh my gosh, it was it was the craziest thing. I remember I was in Korea, so this is my first time uh in Korea as an adult. I mean, mm. before that I was 2, so I don't even remember. <laughs> I remember I was just in my Airbnb um and like I just like commented on like one of his posts mm. and then he responded back and I was like, "Oh shoot, what?" And mm-hmm. then like and then we were just like in the DMs and then he was like, yo, Jabberwockies, bro, like big fan. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you have crazy. no idea, bro. I've been like following you since I was like 11. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was dope. Um, yeah. And then we just been kind of, you know, just keeping in touch social media buds. <laughs> so cool, yeah, huh? Yeah. Man, it's, it's interesting how I see you. I don't know if the word is attaching yourself, but really modeling a lot of mindsets um, and inspirations off of like a few particular people, right? And I do know that one of the big things that's really important in your life is your faith, Mm -hmm. right? And I noticed on your IG profile, you have what a Romans 8.28 about being purposeful, right? Mm -hmm. Why is that the, the, uh, the verse that really sticks with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, I I have this, I kind of tongue-in-cheek say this in my life. I feel like I've lived four different lifetimes. Mm. Uh, I've just experienced a lot of stuff, um, difficult things, uh, things that uh, could have broken me, mm. uh, in some ways have broken me, and I've been able to heal from. Um, and all that to say is that, like, God does work everything out for his good purpose. Mm. Um, and I've just seen that, um, happen in my life over and over and over again. And so that's just kind of a reminder to myself that like, no matter how far, um, you feel like you can fall, uh, like God's working through that, you know? And I've seen, I've seen just the craziest times that my life has bounced back in ways that, um, I also am able to kind of see like, wow, if, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have gone here mm. and I wouldn't have experienced that and I wouldn't have met this person. And then now I'm now doing this. It's just like, yeah, everything works itself out. There's always a purpose in it. And um, so with that said, it also keeps me humble to know that like, um, it's never me. It's never uh, my skills, my strength, my talent. It's just all of that. God gave it to me. So, yeah. you know, my life 
my life's purpose is to do all things to glorify God and, and anything good that happens, I'm like, that's all God. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, that's kind of how I, how I live my life. Wow. Love hearing that. And I, so that may, and it really makes me think about the, you know, the people that are in your life because God introduces people into mm -hmm. our lives, right? Um, community, especially, and you're someone who you said you love being a part of crews and mm -hmm. teams. And now you're a part of Kinjas for how, how many years now has this been? It's been eight years. Eight years yeah. of Kinjas. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm really curious about if there, who was a person that you were close with before you joined the Kinjas? Mm-hmm. And who is a person you grew close with only through being on the crew? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I've known Mike Song for a long time. Um, so we met during that, yeah, my whole sort of like uh, K-pop dance stuff because I, I oh. did collaboration. Yeah. PK. That was where I met Mike because um, my crew breakdown, we performed that collaboration. And uh, that year was the... The 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 viral the video David Elsewhere, Dave Elsewhere one. Mike was on Mike, the side, right? Yeah. There. yeah so yeah. Mike was battling. It was like a it was just like a freestyle contest. Like who wants to come up out of the audience? And you know, so you know, Mike went up there, and then and then obviously Elsewhere came up, and it was just like, what the heck was that? <laughs> I just melted but, uh, in front of me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I met Mike uh, slightly after that uh, that show mm. because uh, he somehow linked with my boy Mike Chong mm, and mm. um yeah I remember I like taught uh taught him this piece like this Justin Timberlake song from then on we just were like we just kept in touch with each yeah. other and we're like yeah we'll find some way some way to dance and then fast forward to um you know he he or he was got into UCI I mm. was there at the time already I was already on Kaba and then um you know he was like yo Ben I'm I'm you know I'm coming to UCI uh, like, like what, what dance team should I dance for? I was like, dude, Cobb and Water. And he's like, Absolutely. oh, really? I, I heard CADC is good, though, too. I'm like, trust me, bro. <laughs> he's like, you guys have any performances? Like, yeah, dude, welcome week. So I was like, we have a show or we're performing. And um, he came, saw it, and he's like, all right, yeah, I want to do yeah. Cobb. And then, you know, from there, he went on to mm -hmm. directing and then and then ABDC happened. And they're like, oh, shoot, we're yeah. like competing against each other, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're all fam. Um, so yeah, we we stayed close for a, a long time. So I'm, when we met, he was in high school still. You know Gosh, what I mean? That's so, crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Um, so yeah, Mike and I definitely, you know, uh, were were close throughout the years. And 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 then um, you know when Mike, I remember when he was living in Vegas, he was like, "Yo, man, do you think um, like what do you think about you know me stepping? I feel like I want to kind of focus on building Kinjas." And I was like, "Dude, honestly, do it, bro. You know." Yeah. And um, so he went and, you know, they did Kinjas in, in 2010. And um, I always, you know, for me, I'm like, I love seeing my friends do dope stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to see Kinjas birth at, at the time, which was Ambu Black Ops. Yep. I was like, yep, this is it. This is it. Whatever you guys are doing, this is it. You know, and I knew that there was a magic there. I wanted to go back because I wanted to get the second part of that that question, which was, if there was a person on Kinjas that you're closer with now too, mm -hmm. that you actually weren't originally close with mm. before you joined the crew? Yeah. You know, I, the, 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 just the first two that come to mind, um, Bam, mm. like Bam, uh, John Ha, and like Ving. And the funny thing is because Ving and I were on 
super galactic together yeah. too. Um, but that was kind of like, it was his, his first year on. And then I was kind of me phasing out cause we were like, that's when Jabberwockies did ABDC. So, um, but yeah, we never really got close during our time in SGBM, but yeah, during throughout our run in Kinja's, um, yeah, I don't know. I've just been able to build like just deeper friendships and bonds with those guys. And, um, yeah, I think those are the, the, the few that come to mind. What was it in particular that really allowed those relationships to blossom? Because I do think it's, it's something that a question I get asked a lot is how to balance my friendships with coworkers, mm. because these are the people I see more than I see my wife, mm -hmm, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, I see everyone mm -hmm. here so often yeah, yeah. and we, we always have a great time, but we're expected to be to an extent professional. We, we yeah. tell crazy jokes and everything. Right. Like what experiences really allowed someone like you and Ving to grow closer through mm. Kinjos? It's just life, dude. You know, like what I love about, um, dance, dance just kind of just gives an excuse to get together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have the thing that we enjoy doing to kind of give us a reason to get together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think for me, I, I look at everything as an opportunity to get to know people on a deeper level. So I'm like, yeah, we're here to dance, but I'm actually here to just have a good time and hang out and get to know people. Yeah. And so, yeah, just through, um, whether it be like, tough times, you know, and, and, and a lot of times when you can kind of go through the trenches with somebody, um, in whatever way, like, uh, and just being able to talk through some stuff, be, um, human, be yeah. imperfect, be like vulnerable, yeah. things like that. And I think I just, I've had, um, just a lot of times to just, yeah, whether it be like us after a rehearsal going out to eat, but just like hanging out and, and like just being able to share life stories and things like that. Um, man, like doing a TV show, like talk about being in the trenches. Like those are some of the That'll most, bond you. <laughs> yeah, you know, cause you know, people are literally like bodies are breaking down and, you know, at the same time, people have life. They got, you know, kids to take care of to like, wow. you know, wives, girlfriends, um, you know, all the while, like, you know, us trying to like, you know, win this tv show yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so on like from rehearsals to yeah man there's just a lot of stuff um and you know and then always like post performance you always gotta you know in those party moments we <laughs> just yeah gotta release sometimes you know and and um but yeah i think some of those times um have been the you know gives us opportunities just to kind of like yeah. get to know each other and yeah, not 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 just those three, man. I freaking love all my brothers. Of course, I think yeah. I've, I I definitely wasn't close to them before. Kendrick's, yeah, yeah. Dance is such a cool, such a cool sport, art activity, whatever you want to call it, because it's it's so versatile in the way that it connects people. It's sort of like an inherently vulnerable um, activity as well. You are just showing your body mm -hmm. and showing what you got. Yes, you can perform, but there's always that always means you're also showcasing your interests. Mm -hmm. One of the big things is like, that's why Kinja's is such an interesting crew because a lot of it is built off of anime and everyone on the crew mm -hmm. loves anime. Mm -hmm. And it's being able to be a kid with a group of people. Dance allows that. It gives you exercise. You you have your activities. You have competition set up for it. I just think it's 
it's just such a wild thing. And I, I, I really want more and more people in the world to to enjoy it in the way that they want to enjoy it, whether they want to compete and do it professionally or just do it at the club or just at a wedding or something. Yeah. Like dance is so, so cool because it opens doors for ourselves within ourselves mm-hmm. and also for interacting with so many people. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. To clarify, though, not everyone in Kinjas loves anime. Oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny thing. Who doesn't? You know, uh, Mike and Ant have this, um, it's just this funny little thing of like born a Kinja, like meaning like, you know, all those sort of quote unquote nerdy geeky things. Yeah. And not everybody, um, oh. not everyone was born a Kinja. I'll Got say it. that much. But um, just have to throw that out there. No, please. Because I know that there's homies out there. That, hey, uh, I don't, I don't really watch anime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm far, sorry for, uh, no, for jumping no, the gun. No, no offense taken. <laughs> so, um, Ben, 142 episodes of the Kinjas podcast later. Who is your worst guest? Uh, I'm just kidding. You don't have to we're answer at, We're that. at 122. Oh, 122. Yeah, yeah. That's 142. 122. Wow. Uh, but we will get there. Um, what was the question? <laughs> no, I said, who's your worst, worst guest? guest? I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm curious about some guests that maybe like surprised you with the amount of chemistry you actually mm, had with them. Yeah, dude. That one's tough because like, and I'm being totally honest, like there's always something that I connect with with every guest that i never expected mm. um you know i someone asked me this oh who is your favorite guest um and i think the first person that came to mind um was ellen ellen kim mm. and um prior to her being on the pod i mean i i know ellen you know we were we've been friends for a long time but yeah. we never really had a conversation like we did on the podcast yeah. and um yeah, she was very, you know, open and hearing her life story mm-hmm. was like, I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting us to go there. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it was very just real. And I just appreciate it. And I, I think, to be honest with you, like that, that episode kind of made us like much closer friends, yeah. you know, and, and even after we, we finished recording, we just stayed and talked for more. And mm-hmm. It was just like, whoa, you're dope, Ellen, you know, so that was I guess that that episode took me by surprise. I just wasn't expecting it to to be that. Um, but man, just oh, dude! Uh, most recently, we had Mike Posner. Yeah, that guy's life is a freaking movie, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, um, been a fan of his music. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I'm like, bro, you are straight up like a superhero. <laughs> you walked across America. You you summited Mount Everest. Like, what a guy. And and then still just, you know, cranking out music and and yeah, it, it was a mind blowing. Anthony and I didn't have much words. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're just here for you. We, yeah. We're just listening to your story because we don't have anything to really add. It was yeah. one of those like, you know, um, yeah, just loss of words type of things. But uh yeah, Mike Posner, um, yeah, his pod was crazy. Probably yeah. one of the craziest conversations I've ever had in my life. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that so much. Were there any um, particularly profound lessons or um, just things mentioned on the podcast that you wanted to mm. tell me? Yeah, you know, I, I love, um, you know, especially when you, you see people for their talent, you, you like whatever it's, whether you're dancing or whether you're doing music or you're cooking, like, you know, we see the talent because that's the stuff that is on display, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but you don't get to see mindset um, mm. until you talk with the person. And I think um, the commonality that I find in um, mostly everybody, um, I'm a big fan of, of uh, discipline and or, or like big fan of like learning what people's routines are because mm. I think um, you are a product of your your habits. You know what I mean? And so I, I'm always curious, like, hey, what do you, what do you, do you meditate? Like, yeah. do you go to bed early? Your first, <laughs> the first question you asked me today was, what, what is like a day look yeah. like for you? Yeah, so. I'm very curious about what people's daily routines are like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, just to wrap it up, Ben, uh, thanks for being here. It's, it's a pleasure to talk to, you know, especially a person that I've watched dancing from my very first years. Hmm. Um, and uh, just... I, we always have this fun little ending. You have a few eight counts to tell the people what fun things you're working on next. Is there anything you want to let them know? A few eight counts. Yeah, what you is, got a few eight mean? counts of, uh, no, no, you just have, <laughs> and five, no, no. What, what do you have coming up? What can people um, look forward to? Yeah, I'm working on a few uh, exciting projects, uh, some of which I can't quite uh, disclose. Ooh, but spicy. Uh, I will say... Um, yeah, be on the lookout for Groove Time. Mm. I think Groove Time, uh, speaking of innovating in a space that doesn't exist, you know, I think uh, the whole, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, NFTs and, you know, Web3 and all that kind of stuff. If you care to follow my journey, I'm on, you know, I'm on all the socials, BTech underscore Ben Chung. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of me right now. Just Fire. Just, just cruising. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, Ben. This has been the Steezy Podcast, and we'll see you next time, y'all. Peace. Thanks again for tuning in. Again, this podcast was brought to you by us, Steezy Studio. Be sure to get your dance on today, too. So if you want to get some exercise in, take a Steezy sweat class. If you want to just vibe out and feel good, you definitely need to check out a good groove along. Or if you're up for the challenge, it's time to finally start one of those advanced classes you've been eyeballing. We'll see you in class. The theme music for the podcast is Tempo by Neiman.